It was snowing hard in Queensport, and Hilary thought it might never stop. Snow covered the grounds of Westfield House, drifting against the drawing room's tall glass doors and blocking out every last glimpse of the harbour beyond. When Hilary swung her sword through the air in the figure she'd been practising all morning, her blade lodged itself once again in the folds of her mother's best velvet drapes, and she felt tempted to leave it there until spring. This weather, she said, is entirely unsuitable for piracy. I don't like it one bit, the gargoyle agreed. He'd spent the morning perched on the mantel above the drawing-room fireplace, commenting on Hilary's swordplay technique and warming his tail over the embers. There's no use in digging for treasure when the ground's frozen stiff, or when half the pirates in the kingdom have anchored their ships for the week and gone to visit their relatives, he added, giving Hilary a look. You know I promised Mother I'd visit. It's pleasant for her to have company during the holidays. Hilary pulled her sword out of the drapery and frowned at the holes she'd sliced in the velvet. Besides, we'll be back at sea as soon as the weather improves. Or maybe even sooner, the gargoyle said hopefully, if your mother finds out you've been carving up her furniture. There was a knock at the drawing room door. Hilary dropped her sword, kicked it under an ottoman, and hurried to stand in front of the tattered drapes as Bess, her mother's parlour-maid, entered the room. Excuse me, miss, she said, but you've got a gentleman caller at the front door. This sounded entirely unlikely to Hilary. She couldn't imagine what sort of gentleman might be calling on her at Westfield House, or anywhere else for that matter. Are you sure he's not here to see mother? Quite sure, miss, said Bess. I'm afraid I don't know what to do with him. It didn't seem proper to invite him in, so I told him to wait on the front step, even though the snow is frightful. But you see, miss, he's not precisely a gentleman. She looked around and lowered her voice. He's a pirate. The visitor waiting on the front step was a pirate indeed, and a damp one at that. Snowflakes dusted his shoulders and laced the brim of his three-cornered hat. Except for the red woolen scarf wrapped around both himself and his parrot, however, he might have been dressed for a summer's day at sea. Ahoy there, he said to Hilary through chattering teeth. Are you by any chance the terror of the Southlands? Hilary had never seen this pirate before in her life, but he didn't look threatening, he only looked cold. She took him firmly by the wrists and dragged him through the doorway. I am, she said, and you'd better come inside before your parrot catches a chill. I'm sorry Bess kept you waiting, but we don't often receive pirate visitors at Westfield House. She crossed her arms and studied the pirate, who had begun to drip all over the floor. Now... Who are you and what do you want with me? My name is Partridge, said the pirate, unwinding his scarf. His voice was thin and anxious. He sounded more like a shopkeeper than a scallywag. I came here as soon as I saw your notice. My notice? Partridge nodded with great enthusiasm. The notice you placed in this morning's gazette. 
Hilary wondered exactly how long this pirate had been standing in the cold. Perhaps the weather had chilled his brain, for he wasn't making the slightest bit of sense. But I didn't place a notice in the Gazette, she said. I'm afraid you've made a mistake. I have, said Partridge. Oh, dear, I am often mistaken, you know. When I confused the grog with the lantern oil, my mates were horribly ill, and our ship nearly burst into flames. A snowflake dripped from his nose. Captain Blacktooth dismissed me from the league on account of it. He told me to give up piracy and try my hand at a trade. Partridge wrung out his scarf, which dripped miserably onto the floor below. He suggested selling jams and chutneys.